listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob we're joined by ty bo and sean this week as we come to you after the chiefs final regular season victory against the raiders 31 to 13 let me tell you folks it's a hell of a game third quarter was still a little shaky as it usually is But we put together a non-vanilla game, got the boys off the field quickly. Before we get too far into the game and how much of a dogfight this season was, I think Tybo has a brand new top five for us. Yeah. uh, At the suggestion of Sean here, um, we played a good number of fighting games throughout college, um, most specifically Marvel vs. Capcom 2. If uh, if you've never played that game or never heard of it, uh, and you like fighting games, try it out. Um, it's it's a it's kind of a cult classic. Uh, it's at the top of a lot of people's lists out there, like best fighting games in general. Um, so MVC2 is, is what the acronym is commonly referred to as, but Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Kind of hard to find it sometimes. Very hard to find it. Um, It was downloadable on Xbox 360 a long time ago. Don't know if it's still on Xbox now. Um, But at the at the Updown in in Kansas City, not in St. Louis, at the Updown in Kansas City, there is an arcade version of it uh, that Sean um, takes trips to come beat my ass in once in a while. He's better. He's better on the arcade version. Controller. I, I beat his ass in controller version, but that's okay. It's been about seven or eight years since we did that. So, <laughs> anyways, my I know we know. Uh, my honorable mention um, is my Smash Brothers Smash Brothers characters character. Uh, it's it's newer to me because I used to stick to like Samus and Captain Falcon, like the real the 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 characters that bad players go to. Um, but Corin is my new character. Um, She's got some, well, I, I actually like, I prefer using the female version too. There's a male and female version uh, on there, but she's got some sort of charge up move that does a lot of damage. And I just like her combos. You choose any character on Smash Bros and you play with them for a long period of time, learn all their moves. Anybody can be dope, uh, but I, I like Corrin's fighting style. So my honorable mention, <clears throat> number five, um, it's either in Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2 or 3, um, but one of those versions of Frieza has a move when you run out of, like you're on your last bar of health, you can, you know, hit all the buttons to do this one move where you go up into Frieza's spaceship and you come down in the like perfect final form and you have more health bars. It's the most cheap move that you can use in a fighting game. Um, Whenever it was used against me, I get super pissed. But I mean, the person I used it against was always just like ready to throw the controller. Um, but it's super funny to watch happen. So that's why uh, I, and I should have done my research further to try to figure out which game it was. But it's Frieza from Budokai 2 or 3. Moving on to number four, probably some more recognizable characters moving on here. Um, <clears throat> but 
King from Tekken. Um, my go-to character in Tekken in all the generations doesn't matter, you know, whether it's the early Tekkens, Tekken Tag, all the way up to like seven now. Um, King's moves don't get that much different. Um, his combos are very easy for me to remember. Lots of lots of punches compared to some of the other characters where I do a lot of kicks. But King has a lot of dope punches and combos with that uh, and grapples. Um, he's he's a solid Tekken character. There's a lot of pros that use him. Just he's he's dope. Number three is coming out of Mortal Kombat and specifically Mortal Kombat 10 because they changed her moves up um, in 11 and some of the other games. But Devora, the bug lady. I found a combo with her that's very cheating as well. She's got an attack combo that hits from up high and down low. And then if people block on me too long, there's some sort of move where I can make bugs crawl up from underneath them. Uh, so very frustrating to deal with. I, I actually did some uh, online play with Devora in Mortal Kombat 10 and did pretty well. I had a I had a near perfect record. I didn't lose very many times. Yeah, not fun to go against. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some argument that Sean might be better than me in MVC2, but definitely in Mortal Kombat, uh, and you, if you give me Devora or Sub Zero, I mean I'm smacking Sean. <laughs> Number two, another Tekken character, and it can be Eddie or Christy. The the two characters that use the Capoeira moves. Um, I mean, there's, an, again, another cheating move. You can do their helicopter kick, where they do a handstand and just spin like a helicopter and kick people. Uh, you could literally do that over and over again, and unless they hit you out of the moves, they're not going to be able to block it. So, well, they can block it, but it's you know hard to maneuver around, because if they start... If they don't successfully hit you, they're just going to get caught in the helicopter. So his his all of his combos really are just like frustrating because he can string them together. And uh, I've had plenty of perfects with Eddie. Just like he's just dancing around, you know, doing break dancing moves while kicking people's ass. <clears throat> Number one in MVC two, you get to select three characters, and this character was always my third. He was always my anchor. It literally had no other option when it came to my third character. I would switch up the first two characters all the time, but I would always pick Colossus as my third character. He's already a tank. He's not as big and slow as some of the bigger characters in that game. His attacks are strong, he hits super hard, and then he has a special move where he flexes, goes shiny, and he's pretty much invincible. Like. You can't grab him, you, you can hit him, but like nothing stuns him and he'll, he'll like punch through your attacks. I mean, he's, he's OP. Um, if I were better at fighting games in general, I think nobody could touch me if I really, you know, wanted to be good with Colossus. But um, as, as far as the people that are actually good at that game, I'm probably, you know, chump change for him. But Colossus is a character that gives me an edge and he's, he will always be my favorite. Um, because for a person that w hasn't played NBC two before, you know, I could, I could one character them and just like really, really make them feel bad about themselves. <laughs> just never want to play again, huh? Never. <laughs> it's like me. Anytime I jump on those games, I am not good. 
I don't I don't dabble in Street Fighter as much as other people out there. But if I had to choose a Street Fighter character, it would be it would be Dalsum. But not in my top five. It's a solid, solid top, top five. five. I like it. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, there is um, a, a little bit of news, some broken records that we should talk about here really quickly. Uh, in a first tweet that came from Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, um, he talked about uh, the injury that we did see uh, on Saturday. Uh, he, he was stated, uh, head coach Andy Reid has uh, suggested Monday morning that Frank Clark's groin strain is only mild. It sounds to me like the bye week will see Clark okay to go for the divisional round. Uh, we will not have any other injury reports for at least eight days. So as it comes up, we probably won't have any Chiefs news for another eight days. We'll probably get the Kelsey podcast. Both of them are on bye weeks. They both have the first round, which is awesome. Um, it should be fun we'll, content. <laughs> it, maybe we will finally get a, a Chiefs uh eagles kelsey versus kelsey super bowl we'll have to wait and see what that looks like as we go through the playoffs uh but chiefs news will be very limited the rest of this week into next week with other little bit of news that we do have coming from tom pelissaro former alabama wide receiver and punt returner slade bolden worked out for kansas city uh today uh, he did spend camp with the Ravens. Bolden did. Uh, he had a sports hernia surgery in September, but he is now fully healthy. Uh, there's not been any news on that workout um, that I have seen so far. It's possible that he gets brought in. I would say that if he would to be he were to be brought in, that would be for a return special specialist specifically, maybe because they're trying to um, up the amount of snaps that we see out of a guy like Kadarius Tony. Uh, we've seen MVS take a slide in his snap count and usage when he's on the field. We've uh, seen Justin Watson even take a little bit of slide in his usage for his snaps on the field. It's possible that they're trying to work him them out and bring Kadarius Tony up to be the number two behind Juju Smith-Schuster for the playoffs. That is exciting. I mean, if we're able to win with the performances of Justin Watson and MVS so far, and then in the in the playoffs we unleash Darius Tony, Sky Moore, just like and McCole Hardman coming back from IR, you know, probably what we would consider the truer playmakers in our wide receiver room right now, you know, I mean, all hell is gonna break loose come playoff time, man. We're you can't keep out. the smile off my face just thinking about that. Like, yeah. You guys know how much I dislike <laughs> MVS and bringing Justin Watson in has not worked. Like MV or uh, uh, Kadarius Tony as the number two behind Juju and just have deep bombs. I'm re it's reminiscent of having uh, Tyreek Hill Hill here, um, but for the fact that like with like a healthy Sammy and McCall in his yeah. first year, like. Having having more range, having yeah. more than just Tyreek and Travis. Now you've got now now you've got Kadarius and Juju, and you've got Travis, and you've got uh, uh, McKinnon out of the backfield who can catch passes. Like it's just 
when they talked about it early in the season of this wide receiver room having more of a threat overall, a higher ceiling altogether instead of just a high ceiling with a couple of players, this is what we were talking about. It took us going out and giving away a third-round pick for a guy who was a first-round pick and, and a number one receiver at a team last year. I cannot express how excited I am if that should be the case. It was yeah, one of can, one of two third round picks, right? That we had. Uh, yes, yeah, correct. But we still have a third round pick. It was our lesser pick as well. Yeah. It was not. Yeah. It was not the higher pick. So we gave them basically. I think it was a comp- the compensatory pick for losing uh, one of the one of the front office members. Um, we robbed them. Oh, at blind, <laughs> blind. Um, there was a a little bit of breaking information that we need to talk about coming from Aaron Ladd. He stated that Nick Bolton is now the Kansas city chiefs new season or single season leader in tackles. He surpassed Derek Johnson's previous mark of 179 with 180. Ta- uh, uh, I was going to say got it by one, got it by one. I, and, and not only that he took second place in tackles this season in the NFL. He was leading at the end of Saturday by, um, I believe it was five or six tackles. It it ended up being a close race. I think he was only beat out by another two or three. So congrats to you, Nick Bolton. You are only in your second year as a professional and with the Kansas City Chiefs, you've been the, the defensive captain and calling the plays since a rookie year. This guy is going to be amazing for a long time. Slightly sad for me, though, because while Nick Bolton is a great player in his own right, he can't break up a screen. He can't split adult, like a two offensive linemen on a screen the way Derek Johnson can. No. Um, it's just been proven. Um, you know, maybe he'll get there. It's he early in his career. It's early in but, his career. Uh, DJ busting up two big old honkers coming out trying to protect a running back. I mean, it was case closed. Case closed. Honkers. I, I would say <laughs> with the relationship that Derek Johnson has, which shout out to Derek Johnson, you've been elected into the College Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to you. That That's a long time coming. It should have been a, done long ago. But uh, given DJ's relationship with the Chiefs, with the media around Kansas City, I I I don't think it would be too far to say that at some point Nick Bolton and Derek Johnson will spend some time together in a film room and out on a field, l- learning and crafting how to get Nick Bolton to to be as good as he possibly can be moving forward. I bet they've done a little bit of that already, for sure. Um, there was a video that came out today. Um, it's from uh, Quinn Miners uh, of the Denver Broncos center guard out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, let's just go ahead and play that now. Um, I said it before. I'm I'm sick of losing to the Chiefs. That is like my number one goal that I'm like have like looking at every day. Is I really want to beat them. Um, I'm gonna say it because it's it's one on my on my chest. The fact that they did that little ring around a rosy play against the Raiders like genuinely like like pissed me off, and 
I'm I'm just excited for that for that day and for that moment, and that's one of the things that I'm preparing for going into next year. And from that video, uh, he it it's odd. It's very odd. It's funny. It's what it is. Yeah. It's obvious. It's it's in again. He was speaking about the uh, the the ring around the posy um, huddle that the ring around the posy. <laughs> Ring around the rosy posy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, hokey pokey. Hokey pokey. And you turn yourself about. They did turn about. They did turn about. <laughs> they scored a touchdown off of it. Um, it must suck to be that, like, butthurt. Pressed. Like, oh, why for, are you yeah, pressed about like, it? Like, <laughs> you, you're not a part of the Raiders, even though your team is worse than the Raiders. Like, how about we just stick to, to your side, Quinn? Okay, <laughs> let's just stick over there. Your team hates your quarterback. You don't have a head coach. Your organization has brand new owners. You haven't you beat the Chiefs have, in 15 games. You haven't beat the Chiefs <laughs> since Don Terry Poe threw a touchdown against your organization in 2015. Like, let's let's focus over there and not about what the Chiefs do and not about if you're – number one, it's disrespectful. The Chiefs, what we did, it was disrespectful. And it was meant to be disrespectful. I don't want to talk about whether it's sportsmanship or non-sportsmanship. There's no such thing as sportsmanship in professional football, minus the uh, the Kayvon Thibodeau thing uh, with the with the snowman. That that's far and away past sportsmanship. But in professional sports, there's no such thing as sportsmanship. You can run up the score. You can do trick plays. You know what the best way to make sure that somebody doesn't run up the score or do trick plays on you that make you look <laughs> embarrassing? Stop it. Be good. <laughs> do your when, job. Right. <laughs> Win the game. Notice how nobody from the Raiders organization, players, staff, front office has come out and said anything that it was disrespectful because they understand they were disrespected and embarrassed. Nobody else needs to step in for them. Quinn, you already got embarrassed the week before by Chris Jones. Quinn. Don't, Quinn, don't step in and, and take the heat for the Raiders just because you want to beat us. We get it. The Chiefs are your Super Bowl. Focus on not hating your teammates and getting a top five pick and building your figure team. out where, figure out what you're going to do with all that wasted money over there. They don't have the top five pick. Remember? I, I, that's the point. I love it. <laughs> figure out how to block for your quarterback, Quinn. Lions you know, Super Bowl they, favorites for next year. <laughs> it's not the Broncos. I can the, tell you that. Depending on what they get in that draft pick. Oh, wait, no, the Lions are the Rams pick. It's not the Broncos pick. Seahawks. Right. The Seahawks. Seahawks and Lions, NFC Championship next year. With Gino? No. Maybe they pick a quarterback, but <laughs> even if they pick a quarterback, they're they're gonna do the uh the Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes treatment over there. They got the Texans and the Colts before them. They're not gonna get a one of the top two quarterbacks at least. Um I I would say probably Will Levies from Kentucky, um, who arguably by all scouting prospectors are expecting Will Levies from Kentucky to be better than CJ Stroud and uh, Bryce Love. You just can't take Bryce him Love. before. Or Ooh. Young. Young, sorry, fine. Bryce Young. I keep saying, yeah, fine. Uh, I keep saying that today. Um, you just can't take Will Levies before them based on stature, 
competition and a couple other measurables um and <laughs> like measurables a good at, mi- midwestern measurable measurables. <laughs> do you put your groceries in a bag <laughs> kansas not not wisconsin what happened to me? <laughs> do you say warsh your, oh, that's uh, that's southern. A dish oh, no, that's southern. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. No, going back to the to the to the play uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, it was disrespectful. There's nothing that said like it was super disrespectful, but it was meant to be. If you're if you're going to be disrespected by it, stop it. The only thing that stopped it was a false phantom holding penalty that the NFL clearly doesn't know how to referee or control the rules of their own game. They've they've shown that with, you know, doing the changes of the, of the playoffs uh, that they don't understand the rules that they put forward. Now they clearly don't understand it on field as well. What, what are we doing? But then the chiefs turn around and immediately score with Kadarius Tony right after that. So you couldn't stop that play and you couldn't stop the next play knowing that it was basically the same. It was just a jet sweep with Kadarius Tony to the outside. It's the same play. Be a little less razzle dazzle. Be embarrassed. I mean, the first one was a screen with pretty much the entire offensive line. So, I mean, it's a little different, but. Kadarius Tony out wide to the left, both times. Do something about it. You think Stop the it. Chiefs? You think you think the Chiefs are above being a little showboaty in the middle of the game? They they did a twirl spin in the Super Bowl when they were down. Patrick throws touchdown passes underhanded. I don't know if that's necessarily showboaty, but I, like, do you see anybody else doing it? That doesn't mean it's showboaty. Think we can scoot that. We way. Uh, we we have to find. We got to find different ways to confuse these defenses out here, man. Confusion, embarrassment, disrespectfulness, doesn't matter. It's all <laughs> coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. You better be ready to eat it. With my that, shorts. <laughs> eat my shorts. Um, what else went right for the Kansas City Chiefs offense this week? Well, I can tell you what really didn't go right was the run game, like somebody promised. Shut up. Shut up. Yes. This is on the what we went right, not what went wrong. Yeah, yeah. Not we'll get wrong. to the okay, what okay, went okay. wrong here we'll short. Jeez, we'll come on, man. Uh, finding the deep pass. Looked like Patrick was going for it for most of the day. It was great to see. Started it off with Justin Watson. That was a dime and a half. Thought he had to be in later, just a little late on that pass, but he's looking deep more. And tossing it up for him. Yeah, I mean, what went right on offense was basically everything else but the run game. Um, I don't did were there very many drop passes? I don't think I saw very many of those. No, not really many miscues either. I mean, when you look at it. Minus the third quarter, which has been bad for three weeks in a row. Um, this almost looked like what should be a complete game. One that I picked completely different from you, Yahoos, saying it's going to be a close game into the end. We got Patrick Mahomes out of there real early, just like I, I've, I feel like 
what we saw in the first half from the Kansas City Chiefs is probably a better testament to what we have been most of the season. And and we get this we get this every year, right? We get to the end of the season and we're like, man, the the team is firing on all cylinders. Where has this team been the rest of the season? There is something about Andy Reid and whoever our other coaches are. It doesn't matter. Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, Kafka. It doesn't matter because they continue to do this every year. Where it's let's get by the skin of our teeth as much as possible. Take a couple of bad losses, see where we can end up, and then just go scorched earth on everyone at the end of the season, into the into the postseason. It seems like we just kind of handicap ourselves for for a majority of the season, the last couple of years, knowing that no matter what, nobody can stop us as long as our defense plays half-assed. Which I mean. It could actually be a great thing for us, battle tested for the playoffs. Because well, remember, last most of the time last year, the Bills always blew everybody out. And whenever we got to the playoffs and it was a close game, they couldn't compete. They did because it was just that type of game, a shootout. But teams that generally blow teams out usually do terrible in close games. And it, it, uh, I want to say it's probably unfair to say the running game wasn't what part of what went right because the running game was extremely effective there was multiple different ball carriers we had over 100 we had over 160 yards of rushing as a team um we just didn't stick with it until garbage time ronald jones had 10 carries and that was the most on the team um but let's slightly moving on to the defense here they didn't just play half-assed right they had a great game and the offense didn't have to do too much because the defense was playing near lights out. You hold the 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 twenty point benchmark is is kind of the um the the total that you need to hold teams to in the NFL. Like you can, we know our offense can score over twenty points. If our defense can hold people to twenty points, you know we usually had a good game and can win it. When we hold an NFL team to thirteen points, Pat throws for two hundred and two yards and. Um, a bulk of our rushing yards come in gar- garbage time. It was an easy day for the offense because the defense was playing really, really well. Um, we like those days. Six right? total sacks in this game. We've now had four or more sacks in each of the last three games, totaling us to, what? what is that? Uh, that was uh, 14, 14, 14 sacks over the last three games. Shout out to the defensive line as well and all the defense mainly because we are second in the NFL in total sacks for the year. Uh, they've really turned it on. And I, I, again, I think it goes back to to the tweets that were made. I believe it was uh, Zach Eisen with the with how we played against uh, certain teams, a DVOA, our defensive line anyways, uh, and getting sacks and pressures in these games. And yeah, the last three, four games for us haven't been against very good teams, but kudos to the defensive line to maybe start peaking at the right time. Yeah. We're like, I mean, Carl Loftus is coming along at a better pace. than I think a lot of us um, were guessing we're, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're getting his best football and it's coming at the, you know, time for the playoffs. So, I mean, that's a perfect storm for, our defense might be stepping up in the playoffs and we're, we're going to have, you know, a bunch of, an e, I'm not going to say an easy game, but just like 
it's going to feel a little bit lighter on offense. You know, this Pat only needed 202 to win this game. You pointed it out, um, Tybo, it was a few weeks ago. We, we had been paying attention to the snap counts, and you had seen probably a little bit after half of the season um, that his snap count went down. We Like, we had talked about before the season that he's going to get, you know, 80-plus percent of the snaps, really try and get him grinded into the game and really, really get some experience. And you saw maybe a little bit after half the season, his usage rate went down. We went from what was like 80 from, from 80 plus percent down to about 40 to 60 per game, depending on situations. Right. Yeah. I don't think he was ever at 80, but it was, it was, he was, he was at 80 at the beginning of the season. No, he was yeah down. To, yeah. No, he was, he was getting a lot of usage. That's why, cause we didn't see a whole lot of Carlos and we were like, what the heck's going on? And that must've been what was going on was, Let's get now now that we've got this guy some experience, let's cut his snaps. Let's let that motor really run in the times that we've got him in. And do what he he ended with uh he get two and a half on Saturday, making his total like eight. He got, a, he got half a sack. Oh, or half a sack. Sorry. Somebody else uh, CJ got two and a half. He yeah. got half a sack. Um, but that brings his total to is, is that five and a half, six over the last eight games? Oh, five and a half over the last eight games, then six on the year. Six on the year, five and a half over the last eight. I mean, that's outstanding. James Houston type numbers. No, don't don't do not that. quite, not quite. <laughs> um, let's look into it then, because we do have a bye week. You know, they we we've got a little bit of work to do. Make sure that the guys get rested. Was there anything that you guys saw that went wrong? Uh, for the Chiefs on Saturday versus the Raiders. Yeah, it was more towards the end of the game, but they started targeting Trent McDuffie a lot, and they got a lot of catches on that. Granted, he did get great tackling right after they caught it, but still letting up the catches is never good to see. I'm glad he got the tackles because if not, that would have killed us. Were the, I mean, was he going up against Devontae Adams a lot, or was he giving up these – it's a lot of receivers. it was like Max Hollins and Hunter Max Renfro. Hollins. Mac Hollins and runner Hunter Renfro. Runner Henfro. Runner Henfro. <laughs> he is a runner. Um Sean, when you were seeing that, was it um like was he trying to was he trying to do some Marcus Peters type stuff? Like was he trying to play in front, jump the route? What exactly was the cause of him? Was he just getting mossed? Because he is a short. He wasn't guy. getting like, mossed. What, I think he what was, was going just... on with that. I think he was just playing behind a lot more. I think the ball got there a little bit faster than he was expecting. Or he was just playing them to catch it and maybe drop it. And, you know, he's got to take his licks. I mean, he was out for a decent chunk of the season. So he, he's still not – he's a rookie, man. Like, he's still not – It's going to happen eventually. It's – I mean – Seasoned is what I. He's still not seasoned yet. Like he hasn't hadn't had enough time in the league to figure himself out as a player, find out what works against some guys, what doesn't work. Um, so it's 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 hopefully going to be a learning process for him. Um, get some get some time in there looking at his film. Um, but I, I'm I'm not worried. Um, yeah, it doesn't look great going into the playoffs, but there's other aspects of that defense that are nearly lights out. Um, and 
I think I think he'll be able to a come around and b you know the the strengths of the other parts of the defense are being picking up the slack. So um, two things concerning for me, uh, and not necessarily specific to this game, but overall differential turnover differential. Uh, we did we were plus two this game. We were um, minus six prior to Saturday's game. Uh, we were uh, by NFL statistics. I don't think there's been a team that has made or won the Super Bowl with minus five or more in the turnover differential. We are now. Thankfully, back under that, I, th- I think we we're actually at minus five, and now we're at minus three uh, um, with with Saturday's turnovers. It's still a little concerning, no? Well, I, I got plenty to say about it. Sean, you got anything right now? Uh, go for it. So if you look at Minnesota and their overall point differential at, with yep. the record that they have, are they still negative? Or are they like they're hardly over the positive point differential in Minnesota? They won that game by that more. They were they were at minus nineteen, uh, and they've won that game by more than that. So they should be back around plus or minus uh, like three. So not, it's it's not by much. But the it's point a, it's a very bad point differential for a team with the record that they have, and that tells everybody else you know they're they're winning a lot of close games. Um, most likely a lot of those are one possession. Uh, you know, when they're losing, they're getting blown out. Uh, you know, the Dallas game was bad. They have 11 uh, wins by one point scores. Yeah. They, they do so. still have a negative point differential. So negative three. First team ever that, in 13 games and have a negative point differential. That stat should be way more concerning than our turnover differential because – while turnovers can be forced by effort and skill and playmaking, a lot of them happen by chance. It's luck. You know, you awkwardly get hit and the, the ball gets jarred loose or, you know, you're not – Pat doesn't see somebody out of his, you know, blind side and he throws the ball as he's getting sacked and that ball comes out funky and someone gets a pick. Or, you know, balls that barely get – you know, may, may slightly thrown over the head. They get tipped up in the air. The defense comes down with it. There's a lot of things in play when it comes to turnovers. And that, I believe, is what makes our team so scary, as opposed to Minnesota looking suspect with their with their stat issue. You look at our turnover differential. We're winning this many games and still have a negative turnover differential. We can overcome adversity of Pat throwing picks. Uh, Trav, well, we didn't. We didn't overcome it in the Bengals game when Travis had that fumble, um, but they we're, we're not winning the turnover battle and still winning games. So if that ever falls in our favor, we get you know the luck of the draw on some of these plays, and we do have a positive turnover differential in the playoffs in the upcoming games, you got to think we'd be a shoe-in for a W in that game. If we can still put up the points to overcome – turning the ball over more than we get the ball or more than we get takeaways. You got to think that's, that's, that's more of a positive than, you know, the situation you got over in Minnesota where their point, you know, their, their team is fraudulent. Very fraudulent. Speaking of that, do you guys want to go ahead and guess what our point differential is? 
Way plus 34? Way over know. that. I was going to say, we might be we might be close to plus 100, but I'm going to say plus over 75. That. Over, over that. plus 100? Oh, my gosh. See? Way off. Plus 127. No questions asked. Wow. Why did I why did I think it was any closer? Is um, that the best in the NFL? That might not. That's not the best in the NFL. No. Bill should have a higher one. I think we're fourth. Not bad. Niners um, are one seventy three. Wow. Bills are one sixty nine. Eagles are one thirty three, and we're one twenty seven. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh yeah. There, there is one more thing that concerns me before we move. You know, before we get into the playoffs, is that over the last five games, just specifically in the third quarter. Over the last five games, we've scored 10 points in the third quarter. Over the last three games in the third quarter, we have scored zero points. We have had four games where we've scored zero points total in the third quarter. Over the last three, specifically, our last three games before we get into the playoffs, we've scored zero points. That does not... When, it, when I look at it from a playing perspective, when you don't score coming out of halftime, whether you get the ball first or you get the ball second, it doesn't matter. You have got to get points on the board. If you don't, that sets the tone for the rest of the game. And clearly, we've been able to overcome that or we've had a big lead going into halftime. But the third quarter sets the tone for the rest of the game. And to come out flat-footed, I don't think that bodes well for our offense going into where games matter the most. There's a couple of things with this topic that really, really concern me. And the first of it is kind of the effort level uh, on the team, because you can see a clear difference in the sense of urgency. Once it gets to the fourth quarter, once the team gets into those situations that like, damn, we really have to perform now or else we're going to fumble this game. Uh, It just, the, between the third quarter and the fourth quarter, there's just a, there's just a, just a different feeling. And I think it's mostly on the offense because the defense has played great um, the last couple of weeks, but I don't know what it is on offense. Maybe they're, they, they, they get comfortable. They want to coast in the third quarter, but you can just, you can see the clear difference between the third and the fourth quarter. And we really need to get that bad habit out of this locker room. It's, it's got no place in an organization like this. Like we need to be, you know, Hammer and nails, pedal to the metal, like going to work. Um, the other thing that's concerning is the ability for our opponents to make adjustments. What it's feeling like is we come up with a unique script or a unique attack plan in the first half. Teams are able to look at it during the game, during halftime, make their adjustments, and in the third quarter, those adjustments are working. Now, I, there's been a lot of speculation about the play calling this year and about how Andy wants to, uh, you know, keep most of his playbook under wraps so that people don't have the film on it. You know, when they're able to make the adjustments mid-game and it's, it's proven to be effective coming out of halftime, you know, then, then the whole scheme, the whole strategy comes into question. You, you got to think – we got to think of – you know, another way to keep them off off balance or, you know, just 
fight through their adjustments in the third quarter. What the hell is so funny, Sean? What are you smiling about? You know. Is it a fine is it fine worthy? <laughs> I'd say so. That was like five or six. All right. Then then hit me with it. Don't don't Line just giggle and laugh. I was <laughs> just crack it up, man. It was too funny not to. Oh man. Uh yeah, I mean it is it is concerning. <clears throat> Again, it's probably oh. mostly just um like we kind of talked about earlier, just a a um go kind of vanilla and save everything for the playoffs. But it is something to keep our eyes on uh, for adjustments being made by other teams. Really, other than that, those are my my two main concerns. Is there anything that you guys saw throughout the season that you'll want to keep an eye on um, for possible concerns as we move into the playoffs? Not too much I've seen over the past few weeks, except for, like we've already said, coming out cold in the third. I think there's there's oh go ahead. I, I would just say keeping the running backs involved, commit to some some sort of running game, and it's it's the formula for success. I mean, no doubt about it. You were saying earlier about the run game. Oh yeah, the run game of how you call twenty carries for Pacheco. Yes. And how both of us were very adamant that we weren't going to have anybody on the team get close to 20 carries. You'll never hear me say that again. We're never in, in chief's history until the day the NFL explodes. Will the Kansas city chiefs ever have another rusher for 20 carries? Never going to happen. And if it happens, it will be an anomaly. It will be because Patrick Mahomes and the rest of our quarterbacks died and we're just left with a running back or Tommy Townsend. <laughs> that too. Um, there, there's a few things that we don't have to worry about into the playoffs and probably ever again. We'll never see the Raiders host a meeting on the arrowhead. We'll never see them do a victory <laughs> lap. After beating us, if they ever beat us again, uh, no. To be completely honest, if they do, if you know Denver too, let's include them in this. If if Denver or the Raiders get a win on us in the next couple of years, like you, they're going to be doing something crazy to celebrate because, like y'all said, it's their Super Bowl. Okay, let's it's let the them have their that fun. You dream okay, because we need the real rings. <laughs> it's just it's wild, but. um no, we've got some we've got some good games that'll be coming up. Uh I'm excited to see who our opponent is. I am secretly hoping for not I mean I want to see the Bills lose. I don't want them to make, you know, a, a a neutral site, but I would like to see Tyreek Hill back against Kansas City. It I, it feels like you're closing us off here and I, I don't want to get not out yet. of here. No, without... no, no, no. We're not okay, closing off okay. here. I, I have I have a good one for my unsung hero. I hope you guys. I haven't got the. We, I, I want to go first. It sounded it sounded like you were closing out about... the show first. Yeah, no, guys, no, wrap no. it up, wrap it up. No, I just <laughs> I just wanted to like you know as we come into the playoffs, I want to see the Bills lose, not just for for the for the AFC Championship game to not be neutral for anyone, but I also want to see Tyreek Hill come back and get spanked up a little bit. It'd be fun. Because he was not a hero nor an unsung hero in that game. He was very frustrated. 
They should not. It would be too. No. I think it's good enough that, you know, he's barely getting into the playoffs and they're not going to go anywhere. And uh, His quarterback is not the most accurate. Uh, just look at the numbers. Skylar Thompson <laughs> that he played with this last week. Even but, I'm yes, talking even about when Tua was in there. Yes. Not good. Who were our he, – he wasn't a hero or an unsung hero in his game. Who are, yes, were our Bell. unsung heroes? Our big us? unsung hero of the day is Mike Dana. Okay. All right. Cool. Is he unsung? Two sacks. Is he unsung? Yeah. His name was being called out. Do you expect that from Mike Dana, though? Two sacks and a forced fumble? Okay. All right. Let Sean have his thing. You have your I'm taking it from you, Ty Bob. <laughs> no, what's yours? I want to know. I, I'm pretty sure mine is going to make it through both of you. you it probably will. I've debated back and forth on a few players, and this play, he's probably not unsung. George Karloftis. Cool. All right. I will, I will, I have to give him his props. As much trash as I talked about him all offseason and how bad that I thought he was going to be, George, you've made a believer out of me, and I apologize for ever doubting you. We'll no longer ever call you Karloftis. Um, or like anything, anything that's negatively perceived, because I'm I'm down with Furious George, uh, and I want to see more Furious George in the playoffs. I like that, my unsung hero. You know he's made some poor decisions on social media this year. He's been in the spotlight. <laughs> he's had a lot of people talk shit on him. It did come out that he's had some really good coverage stats this year, um, but he played great in the Raiders game. And I think that was the big difference at, to why we could hold a team to 13 versus some of our other games. Like we, Tampa Bay scored over 20 points on us. Uh, Arizona scored over 20 points on us. Like I, Justin Reed's play in this game, I think was a huge difference. Um, and the reason why our defense was able to hold them to just 13 points. A uh, couple of passes defended, had a sack. Uh, he just he felt more in command out there on the field, um, closer to the leader that we need uh, for that defense. It's as well. He was all over the field flying around. It's I love to see that. Outside of the uh, the, the play that uh, everyone feels is so disrespectful, was there any plays or players of the game uh, that we have not talked about yet? Jarek McKinnon, man. What was this, eighth game in a row with a touchdown? Nine touchdowns this season. He's got more than Tyreek Hill. He's looking like he's going to have that uh, Damian Williams run in the playoffs for us, man. Mm-hmm. You think he becomes the starter in the playoffs? I mean, if Pacheco is technically the starter now, like McKinnon's getting starter-ish playing time. I mean, he's out there plenty, so even if he's not considered the starter, he's still going to be involved. And that's like a no-brainer. Like, he's going to get the ball. He's going to score touchdowns. Not going to be able to stop. I don't know that I I have much. I think this is kind of what Pat wanted Clyde to be right out of college. 100%. Yes. I mean, this is is fun to watch. McKinnon and Mahomes on the scramble out in the end zone. I mean, you draw it up 20,000 different ways, but if you got those two 
going to the pylon together, you're going to score. Like, Yeah, and I don't – sadly, I don't think there's any way that we keep Jet after this season. I know he's a little bit on the older side, but he's going to go and be able to get a bag somewhere. Do you think for him being the older player he is, he decides to stay for a smaller depends, contract? It depends on him personally. I mean, it, you know, a lot of people would say if I'm if I'm Jet, take the mill two, five, whatever they're offering, stick around and 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 stick around and win a ring, win a couple of them. Um, if I'm Jet, it, maybe it depends on who's calling. It depends on the role that we want that they want me to take. It depends on the quarterback who's there and how much money they're offering and how real is their shot. There's a lot of factors that go into it. But if he's a guy that's out there trying to make his money and I can't blame him for it, if if that if that's his what he's wanting, I, I can't blame him for for leaving, you know. Anything else that you guys wanted to cover before we take a Chiefs podcasting break for the week? No. All right. Well, listen, guys, we've got. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the help that you guys are giving me. Wonderful co-hosts. Love the input. Uh, look, we've got a bye week. The guys are going to get healthy, rested up. We've got some guys trying out for the team, maybe some shaking and some moving in the roster spots. Um, but for the most part, there's not going to be a whole lot of news. If there's something, be you, you, we'll be sure that we'll bring you a chief show but other than that if no news is coming out probably just going to be one next week or at the end of this week as we talk about the playoffs who's going to win and Tybo's going to take more losses make sure you check out our nfl show next as we talk about our <laughs> pick'em records and who's going to win moving forward. and as always remember go chiefs go number one team the afc baby go chiefs